Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome one and all, weaves and casuals alike, we are Baka and Company, and we are here to provide you with a deep dive into all your favorite anime shows and movies. We'll talk about both new and old anime and everything in between. If you have suggestions, keep sending them our way through Bakako Podcast on Twitter, sending us an email at bakakopodcast at gmail.com, or joining us on our Discord. We also want to thank Akano on SoundCloud for our introduction. On this episode, we have myself, Drew Tendo, Element, Silver Lobo Sensei, and we are talking about Welcome to the Ballroom. I myself had no idea this existed. I had no idea that competitive dancing had its own anime, and this like hit me by surprise. So uh, I want to get into it pretty fast, but this was suggested by Lobo. So I'll let him take over here for a bit. Yeah, so I found this when I was really bored and I needed something to watch on Amazon. And I was like, well, this looks like it's going to last a while. So let me see if this will just pique my interest. And I was hooked immediately on this show. It is about uh, Tatara discovering dance and just his journeys of trying to become a pro ballroom dancer where he meets with a classmate who has been in this world for who knows how long since she was a child basically uh he meets his teacher and a lot of new friends and people to look up to and it's the art is fantastic and at certain points really disturbing but it is truly is a beautiful anime. This is one of my absolute favorites. How did you feel uh, getting into this the first time there, Lobo? Was it something where you, like you said, you turned it on just to pass the time, but what was it that uh, grabbed you? It was the animation style for one, because it just, it looked like the, the attention to detail on the muscles of the body were there. And I'm like, that's, it's not like, you know, like in Dragon Ball or whatever, where they're just like ripped and you see all like the absurd muscles all over the place. It's just like the actual details of the arms and everything. I'm like, that's really interesting. wonder what this is all about. And you see it when they're dancing. They're just moving in different ways. You see that world for what it is. And it may be interesting. I'm like, okay, how how far off is this and exaggerating? actual ballroom dancing because when you see the people dancing the the women their backs are like super like arse where they're like parallel with the ground and i looked up a few videos and i'm like 
oh shit, they actually do this. They legitimately are like nearly parallel with the ground. That's fucking crazy. And a lot of it is just the the way that the character is. It, I felt for him and I I I saw a bit of myself in with in him when I was that age and having that uh that sensei uh Sengoku uh show up and just really set him straight with the first meeting that showed a lot of just uh admiration for Tatara and I think that's what sold him on dance and that's what sold me on the show. Okay. Now I personally like this caught me at out of left field like it was something newer to me and i i didn't even know it existed so when i started watching it to me started off like your stereotypical shonen anime and like he's getting bullied he needs something to escape and i thought okay like we've all we've all seen this before but it was episode four whenever like his first competition when he's actually in it and he like he smiles and he's having fun I was like, okay, I can see the hook. Like, I I can see why people are into this and and why it, it gets the blood going. And element, how did you feel watching this? Um, well, it's interesting. This is my first sport anime I've ever watched. Um, I don't know what it is. Why I've never watched one. It's not like I'm, you know, adverse to watching it. I just haven't gone around to doing it. But first thing I noticed was the character designs look really similar to, is Haikyuu. I haven't watched that show, but I've seen like clips and stuff of like, you know, Kuroko no Basket and Haikyuu and all that across the years because they're just like super popular shows. So I, I looked it up and it is the same character designer, which is interesting. Um, so yeah, like, like I said, I think the art style was really um, beautiful and there's lots of really pretty moments in the show. I think this show for me could have been like great if there was a bit more animation. Um, they put a lot of emphasis on um, like still frames and big expressive moments, which were cool. But when that is like 90% of the shots you use when you're dancing, you never actually see them in motion, like for a lot of it. And I mean, for a show that's focused on like, you know, the competitive dancing sport, a lot of the time they're telling you what's happening and showing you a still image of the final pose, whatever it is. They don't actually show you the mechanics of how it works. So for me, not knowing anything about dancing, I was really interested to learn, like, I mean, I was really hooked in the show. It's like pretty like standard shonen hooks. Like if you like that sort of thing, it's very recognizable here as well, the same cliches. Um, but I wanted to see the actual motion of dancing. And especially for the first half of the show, um, it was very clear to me that they, I guess, were saving their um, budget or something, or they had a different director for the first <laughs> half. Because once the second half starts, even the first episode, it's the one where Sengoku goes to the competition and they watch him dance. That was like one of the first times that they really, truly showed a lot of motion for dancing. And even then, it wasn't even like a huge amount. It was just a lot more than what they had been showing the previous 12. And the second half of the season was a lot better in terms of that than the first half. But um, yeah, I still think the show is really good. Um, but I think it could have been really great if they were able to get more motion in there, at least for me personally. All right. Now, um, I watch, I don't know if there is a dub, but I watch the subs. Yeah, I watch sub. Yeah, okay. I don't think there is a you... dub, unless maybe okay. it's yeah, available cause... on Blu-ray or DVD. It might be dubbed, but all I found is subs. Okay, cool. Um, besides our our main character, and his, not I don't want to say his first partner, but uh, what's her name? Uh, Shizuku, right? So there's Shizuku, who is from his uh, school that he knows. Then there's Mako, who is his partner to get back at her brother. And then yes. his actual partner is Chinatsu. Yeah. Yes, yes, because that, that comes down to the later tournament. Um, other than... Uh, Fujita, did you did any other characters like make an impression on you, Lobo? Was there someone who maybe didn't get enough screen time, or you thought could have been developed more? Um, I think all of the characters got a good. Well, okay, I think a lot of the characters got decent screen time for what it for what their purpose was on the show. Um, I think 
I personally would have liked to see more Sengoku in the second half of the show, just because he's one of my favorites. But also, um, uh, Kiyohara Hyodo, who is like his rival slash dancer best friend or whatever. Uh, he, you got a little bit of him, and then you get the same amount of him every time. He doesn't really evolve much. Other than when you first see him get like that rival spirit from Fujita. So I wish we got a little bit more from him. But other than that, okay. I think everyone else is perfectly fine. Just <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> uh Element, was there was there anyone that you like stood out to you and that maybe we, we know Lobo's favorite character, but who's who was yours? Um favorite character. I want to say, I don't know, I think that's one thing I really appreciate about the show, like bouncing off what Logo, Logo was saying about the the development. Um, he, I, I agree that, like, Kyoto essentially starts the show as, like, the perfect guy already. Like, he's, while he's technically a rival for um, Tatara, they're not starting on even, uneven ground. And I think the show in the first half especially does a weird job of showing that Tatara is not a good dancer because it seems like he is and like everyone's like really impressed by what he's able to do and then like in the second half he's sort of like reflecting on his previous performances he's like holy crap I'm so bad and then they sort of I think they show you a little bit on how he's like not as good um so it's a bit weird that like that balance they found um but like comparing him to like the actual really good dancers like Hyodo and um Gaju and all that sort of the professionals um you know, you see the difference. So I think, I guess maybe my favorite character might be Marco because she actually gets like a cool, complete arc developed and a really satisfying payoff. And then that, yeah. you also see the result of the payoff as the show goes on because her arc happens in the first half. And then the second half, yep. she's like actually able to stand her ground against her brother, that sort of thing. And she's more confident. So I, I enjoyed seeing like the full arc and then the aftermath of it. Um, I also... If I could combine the characters, Tatara and Shinatsu, like their whole relationship, I think is great. It's perfect. I, mean, I love it. You know, reading <laughs> reading the discussion threads like of when the show was airing, um, like all the manga readers were just super excited to see her show up in the show finally. Um, she's That's a, awesome. She's obviously like, you know, a dear fan favorite. So, um, yeah, I, I think it wasn't oversold, their relationship. I think they're really great. Um, and I guess my personal favorite character would be Chizuru, the Sengoku's partner, because I love that type of character. I have to agree with a lot of the arc uh, going back to... Wow, I have the names pulled up here, and I'm just blanking Mako. Her her development and how like her interactions were just so great, and like seeing her realize like what's like how she's progressing was was phenomenal but uh the one thing that stood out to me the most was when her and fujita first start and he's like he's got his hand on her shoulder and the teacher's like no 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 like that's because they have a different height like you this is how you hold her and he's like you got to put your hand here where the bra strap is and he's just just like uh, uh, and then she's like sorry i'm not wearing one and then he's like uh, uh, oh my god uh and then like i love that because that's the stereotypical um boy in an anime and you always have to have like them get really like freaked out and flabbergasted because if we time travel back to high school pretty much all of us were that kid at one time uh but the point I'm getting to is when they do the first dance and he missteps and she's falling and everyone's like, oh my God, this is terrible. And then he spins to like save her and he takes the, like the, the damage of the fall. And I was just like, that's masterful. Like I, like I need to see that again. I rewound it a couple times today to rewatch it. And I was just like, that's, that's just so cool. And I, I really enjoyed what animation they did focus on and, like like you were saying, even though they did the stills and they're all like in those static poses, like presenting the dance, like when the sweat flies off and you feel like that that exhilaration that they nailed it, and you're like, all right, all right, they're getting full points, they're getting full points, and you're getting right in there with it. And I, again, I didn't think an anime 
based on ballroom dancing mm. could get me like the hot blooded feeling that I got watching like Gurren Lagan. Yeah, Element, what's going on? I will say, um, you know, I was talking about the animation earlier. When they do really give you like the moment, you know, like they do it twice in there's like two major moments that they sort of do it like the the flare and the the frame moment like when she's lighting up the ballroom um in the middle of the show and then at the end when they do their um Shinatsu and Tataru do their final dance um I think it happens twice I'm it's been a couple of weeks since I watched the show but um yeah when they actually do you know cut loose and really bring the whole thing to life um that's like you know it's worth it um for sure like it's really really excellent um, but unfortunately it just doesn't happen as much as I would like. I think I've just been spoiled. With, I was looking at when this aired, this is like, uh, 2017. I feel yep. like in the last like three years or so, we've gotten like a slew of like, like amazingly animated shows and we're sort of like getting spoiled because I remember like before these shows, it was, this was like the norm. What ballroom did is yep. more of the norm. Like you would see very brief moments of like really good animation and for the most part it was just enough to like carry the show through um i don't know what's happened like to make the difference but um yeah nowadays i think you know shows like Jujutsu kaisen and even my hero and stuff like that they have really consistently good animation in a lot of episodes which i don't think was the case back in the day i have to agree like uh that's what i was thinking the moment you said like animation we've been spoiled in the last few years like i immediately thought of map mappa and what jujitsu kaisen does in like one episode like the we shouldn't talk about other animes while we're, we're yeah. talking about this one but like the battle scenes where you get like everything's fully colored everything's moving around you're getting like three characters moving on the screen at once you have magic this that the other thing that's all great and that and that is for that brand or that that genre like even my hero when you have like I just saw the 40k or not 40k, uh, 4k uh, All Might fight against uh, Nemu for the first time. Like that just blows my mind. But that doesn't take away from what they were able to accomplish in 2017 with their budget and and what the show did. Like a lot of the standout moments are standout moments because they build up to it. They're showing the feet twisting. They're showing like the the speed lines and you're getting that groove and that cuts back to the audience saying no they've no one's ever jumped during a, a waltz before <laughs> and like next thing you know like Kyoto's like laughing and jumping and everyone's oh my goodness he's doing it and then and it also builds up that suspense because you're like oh, his knee's bad something terrible is going to happen and and everything like works in a real grounded physics setting like obviously there are some extremes that they take but i found one of the reasons i connected well with this show was nothing was extraordinary in what these humans were doing it was all like they had reasons he was an athlete he was trained he's been in it for seven eight nine years so that when they do these things it's believable yeah if i compare this to something like coconut basket i like i haven't watched that show but i've seen clips and you know, a lot of the stuff is based in reality, but it gives it that anime flair where they're like, there's like lots of power lines and stuff like that. It's a little bit fantastical. I think this show keeps it a lot closer to the ground. Um, it still has room to exaggerate stuff when it needs to. And, you know, visually they take a lot of liberties with just the effect it has um, on stuff. But um, I think it's a lot more realistic than you might expect. Obviously it still has that anime flair, but um it feels a lot more grounded i will say the most disturbing part of the show was when he peeled his shoulder blades that was nasty that was so gross and then i looked it up to see like what that actually did um and it was interesting i couldn't really tell if it was a good thing or a bad thing from google but um yeah that based was... on the anime it was a bad thing very bad yeah I, but he, he the way he was explaining it it like it has the potential to be a good thing but in that moment because of the that would have been what he should have did at the camp when, exactly yeah when they were if fighting he, and everything he's like all right well he's alone let me just destroy his shoulder blades right now <laughs> oh yeah that, was, that that really gave me the heebie-jeebies when he was doing that well yeah and like just like the the way they animated that the sound that followed it it would give you that visceral feeling where you're like, ooh. 
And then the after effect of him just like kind of standing there when his arms are all limp and he's like, so it doesn't hurt, but it's throbbing. And he's like, yeah, it'll do that. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> there was um, like when they got very serious and they're talking about how competitive it is, it kind of threw me uh back to a couple conversations i had with a family member he was in competitive ice dancing mm. um at a world level he was attempting to uh, be on the olympic team for canada and some of the things he had mentioned to me is like how serious like his regiment was how serious certain trainings was and like i always asked him like oh what are you up to what's this he's like oh i gotta go to the rink for like four and a half hours i was like but you 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 practice in a room first he's like nope we're immediately on the ice and i thought that was like really interesting and how like dedicated and hard he was in into that and seeing very similarly how how they pulled like i don't know the author's information or his background into competitive dancing but like the homework was done the show i i really found a lot of it believable like i've said earlier like with the human physics being real but the the judging and like the late early on we get um a six-month ban for competitive dancing for two of them and it's cool to see an anime bring more of that in and, and bring in real world repercussions whereas like there's an anime i watched a very long time ago called buzzer beater and it was a basketball anime before basketball animes were cool <laughs> and like all of the characters had like a like a reason they were on the team like one guy could always sink a three but he had to be nervous or one guy was the fastest but he always had to be hungry like it was really weird and like although it was based on basketball like some of the stuff that was going on you're like okay but like can't really do that in the nba or like on a world level that's probably illegal whereas this was like nope flat out like your their feet were in the wrong spot like minus points mm. yeah that's cool it's funny was there you mentioned um no go ahead uh ice skating because i associated this show with um yuri on ice i feel like they came out very close together maybe um but that's another sports anime but it's like ice skating i think and i think the premise is very similar like a, a you know a guy starting to learn how to ice skate and he has a mentor and stuff like that i think that yuri on ice was a bit more um uh, uh i want to say there was like some expectation of a romantic angle there i can't really tell you to be sure i never watched the show but i just remember seeing when the show was airing i think people were very excited about that show um, so it came out in 2016 oh, there you go. so yep. very 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 close they were probably in production around the same time yep um but that was a, a that was a show i remember hearing a lot about like i had a lot of friends that were pushing me into watching that and getting me going for it but um i want to hear more of lobo's thoughts he's just, we've kept him quiet too <laughs> long i mean i've so, just been enjoying this conversation so <laughs> <laughs> well you recommended the show and like the when i first looked it up like I, I really thought to myself i'm like what is he getting us into like this is this is so like i don't think it was in like my perceived wheelhouse for you guys like i know element likes pretty much anything that's cute and fun he's got a very big heart for the moe moe girls um i like action and too. lobo yeah because we've we've covered a lot of stuff like if we go back through the episodes and it's um but lobo like this was this is like the sleeper hit of the podcast like i've never i never would have found this on my own is all i want to say yeah that's because no one looks for anime on amazon prime video because there is <laughs> nothing there unless you like watching <laughs> pokemon and all of it's in japanese and not english but th that's the only option there but uh yeah, this one, it, it did take me by surprise when I first watched it. And watching those Snow White notes, it just kept, for whatever reason, I was like, man, I should rewatch Welcome to the Ballroom. Because for whatever reason, it reminds me, they both remind me of each other. So like watching week to week, those Snow White notes, I was just sitting there like, I got to watch Welcome to the Ballroom. And then 
it was chosen for the podcast and I watched all of it within what three days I watched the entirety of the show Jeez. Uh, and then yeah. I was like I want to rewatch those Snow White notes so I started rewatching those Snow White notes <laughs> and I'm like god damn it it's not even over yet I'm rewatching it but I don't know I think for these different type of sports uh you know somewhat sports stuff uh i i have an interest in those more so than actual sports anime like i don't think i've seen a single sports anime other than like this or a, this adjacent hmm. um you mentioned uh that you like you know binge the whole thing in three days i was actually thinking of asking you guys um how long it took you to watch it um we were talking earlier about you know what hooked you or the moment that hooked you um I found myself I found myself enjoying the show even you know through the Marco arc I was like damn that was like pretty damn good and like the payoff was good but I was still watching it like two episodes at a time I would just watch two you know while I was eating dinner or lunch whatever it is um I didn't feel the compulsion to like really slam the rest of the episodes or like you know the episodes of an arc or whatever up until the very end like I was just watching two you know every like two days or whatever it was like consistently and I didn't feel the need to like watch more after the second one was over i was just like cool that's done now i'm moving on but then at the very end that last i want to say like five episodes or something the that last tournament arc they do um after they've been practicing and stuff and shinatsu and tataro go to the, the tournament i binge that shit that was like i want to say like a good five episodes or something and i watched it all um in one afternoon because i was actually like super invested in what happened at that last part um so while i'd say the hook the show was good enough to hook me you know more or less from the start it wasn't ultimately uh super compelling me to watch up until the very end when i was like yeah i gotta see how this ends especially because i was stretching it out a little bit but um i definitely wanted to see um how that tournament ended but yeah how did you go drew um with me i started like one episode like i, I watched the first episode i was like okay I watched the second, I was like, all right, it's getting better. And then I went, uh, I watched three and four, like back to back. And then I just kind of stretched out the rest. And I did very much the same, like uh, episode 20 to 24. I watched all that once. Because like, again, it had, it had the hooks, like you're, it's getting amped up. It's everything's on the line. It's more like you had those flashbacks in between during the tournament, which I thought was really cool for developing everyone and. I like to get like the way I like kind of like in a video game for lore or in an anime for like the background story. I very much appreciate getting everything all at once. Like it makes it a lot easier for the flow and for me to like understand everything in carpet, carpet mentalize or whatever that word is. Mm -hmm. I can't say it today. Um, and just get all my ducks in a row and watch and go. But when a show gives you the breadcrumbs and you're getting like a little bit of oh we used to compete or oh we used to be together or that was my partner you're like okay what happened and the way they stretch that out long enough to make you go oh okay well what changed next and then they they kept doing that and every once in a while like it dance background dance background and it that kept me hooked in the later stages but it was the my my curiosity, I would have said, was at the beginning of like, well, if she's been here for X number of years, what's her deal? Why is she still here? Why is she going that hard? Like, what she got to prove, right? And then it it pays off. Like, the show has such great pacing. I found, um, I think it was episode. It was between seven and nine where I was just kind of like just there to watch it. But other than that, I was. Yeah, I was watching them back to back. Actually, I want to talk about that last arc, basically, because that I think the reason why it was so compelling to me was because the show did a good job of setting up how Tatara was dancing. He was just sort of like letting his partner shine, which makes sense because all his partners have been like really excellent dancers. So if he just propped them up and did his job at the bare minimum, you know, that was good enough because they could carry. Um, but obviously in dancing, you know, there's the way the 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 dance is graded it's based on how the the leader leads versus the partner just like there to support them or like look good um which i thought was interesting commentary they talk about how it was like very you know masculine heavy sort of thing 
Um, so I thought that was interesting. And then also the idea that, yeah, like his, his chosen style of, you know, being like molding to the shape of his partner to like highlight them wasn't going to work when you go higher as a professional because you need to be able to lead. I thought that was really compelling and him like working through that with his partner who didn't want that to be the case and who wanted to be the leader. That was like a great conflict and, you know, really like, um, you know, anxious to see whether they would actually overcome their opposing opinions and actually work something out and how they were on even ground. Like it wasn't like, you know, with when he was with um, Shizuku, it was like she knew everything and he knew nothing. So he was just nervous to be there. And then with Mako, she was like very um, accommodating and didn't want anything in particular. And he had to like push her to like show herself yep. at the that big payoff moment. But then with Chinatsu, obviously she... Oh, that was... Yeah, at the end with Shinatsu, you know, obviously she, she has an idea of what she wants and he has to, like, overpower her, I guess, take control and she has to be willing to bend to that. And they had that moment multiple times of, like, the mysterious fourth legs or whatever it was and her, like, feeling yeah. his heartbeat taking over and, like, panicking because she didn't want that to happen. But obviously that was, like, how it's meant to be sort of thing. So, yeah, I thought that was all super compelling and that's what, you know, pushed me to binge the last sort of arc of the show, I guess. Yeah, and they did a really good job, like conveying that in an easy to digest method. Now, obviously, with the the overtones and and hearing them, I can't believe this is happening and, and mm-hmm, stuff like yeah. that. But the it was I keep touching back to this, but it was an anime you could feel like it had more than just being colors on a screen. Like the music was there, the the, yes. the skills, the animation, and I've when it's the first tournament with Mako like and he's drying out his like his clothes and he's like sweating and she's complaining that he's still sweating like having those bits of real life conversation made it more compelling rather than like here's a script of what we have to accomplish today here's what my character is going to say but like because you could feel them changing throughout and like their their tones were changing a little bit and like when you saw that action of him taking over you're like okay like let's go Mm. yeah uh the music did not miss this show it was like truly excellent and they did a great job of um combining like like you would have the diegetic music of the the music in the ballroom and they're dancing that sort of thing and then it would transition to you know non-diegetic for the viewer like the epic orchestration but in the tone of that music that was playing when they were dancing that was all really like excellent i was really impressed by that so yeah that's one part of the show that like definitely did not miss was the music for sure which is important because it's a dance show so that's a huge part of it and the little tidbits of of him picking up on it he's like wait, this tempo is meant for this song or they're using this. And like, again, as a viewer who has no information whatsoever, it was interesting to like learn along, I guess, with them Mm -hmm. and, and be exposed to this. It like, I, if I, if I had the time, I would have gone back and looked at like the Olympic ballroom dancing, because that is a thing. Like, there is an mm-hmm. Olympic scale for ballroom dancing now, and it's—I guarantee—it's just as competitive. It's got to be like, yeah, for sure. Like those those people's legs have to be like trees <laughs> at some point because, like, just the the first one when you see like Kyoto like land and he, his knee just does not agree with it, like that gave me shivers and then like at the end of it you're like okay they're gonna they're doing well and he like leans on her i'm like oh no (laughs) and i was just i was like i i was holding on i was like no like even though he's like the antagonist like it was it was one of those moments where you're like oh man he's but he's good i wouldn't say he's the antagonist okay the rival the rival yeah because like honestly there is no true antagonist. There's obviously people who are like the antagonist of the arc, much like most shonens. They're the villain, and then the next season, they're best friends for whatever fucking mm. reason. Much like, um, what's his name? Gaju, who the main bad guy for the first arc, and then 
best friends because they go to the same high school. And then yep. it's uh, what's what's the uh, Masami Kugimiya, who is the oh, yeah. old fashioned dancer, and he's one of my favorite characters. Not the top with Sengoku and Chinatsu, but he's they call him old fashioned, but I think he's fucking cool because like he's still dancing the exact same way he's always been. But it's getting more refined every time. The only thing is that it's not interesting to anyone else because what he's doing is basically like trying to perfect dance. And to them, it's just the same thing over and over and over again. And that becomes boring. And I thought that was really interesting to see him progress so far, just slowly uh, changing his his ways and like getting a little bit more clever with his dancing style. Thanks to, um, uh, Kiyoharu's mother, uh, Marisa. Hmm. Actually, he's also, no, go ahead. Uh, you bring out Masami. The one thing I thought was weird in this show, because they, they sort of mention it barely at the start and then they don't really touch on it, but these kids are in middle school at the show start, which is like, I, we don't have middle school here, but I think that's like what fifteen or something ish, maybe. Uh, it's twelve or like where I am. Middle school is grade six, seven, and eight. So you're like, I think eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Yeah. Uh, so, so we'll say twelve, we'll thirteen, say if they were 30, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, that's in the states. Mm. Yeah, so you'd be like max age would be thirteen, fourteen. We'll say. Yeah, because high school is three years in Japan. I think I always they always say yeah it yeah it is. Um, yeah, so, like, they're all in, like, Tatara and Chinatsu, uh, not Chinatsu, well, I guess Chinatsu because they're in the same class, but Tatara and Shizuku at the start of the show are in middle school, right? Which, which seemed crazy because they seem like they were at least 18. And then the yeah. Masami, I think, is, like, early 20s from what I can tell, but he looks like he's 40. Um, yeah. So that's just one weird thing about the show. And, like, Sengoku as well, I think he's, like, Mid twenties or something. Um, uh, if I recall, yeah. he's twenty six. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, because the, they made a point to say his actual age, and Tatara freaked the fuck out mm. because he thought he was like in his thirties or something, and he was just—he's like a fucking Adonis to to Tatara. So I was just like, this guy is still fucking young. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, but I. That was just something they like barely touch on both. I thought about it for a second. I'm like, that's kind of weird, but whatever, moving on. He's also the one that like he's focusing on his dance. And then when Tatara starts popping off, he's like, I was distracted from my own dance. Right? Uh, Masami. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's I really enjoyed that as well. Like having like everyone in this in this quote unquote zone. Hmm. Yeah, the, that the imagery really cool of him in his zone and how he views others is just so cool because it's like everyone is just nothing to him. It is just a black yeah. smoke in his way. And the only time he ever notices someone is if it requires him to notice them, which Tatara did in brief bursts every now and then. And then at the very end, he was just shown a light so that way he could see everything around. I'm like, that's fucking badass. He's like, 100% defeated him. It's just that yeah. the, the personally defeated him more so because I think if we got another arc, we might see that Mas uh, Masami like help him out more, kind of like what Hyoto does, but without injuring his muscles uh, and just trying to help him be a better leader because one of my favorite moments was when uh, they had the two guys dance to show what a leader's like, and Masami didn't think much of Tatara, but like after all of the competitions and what they went through at the camp and just their conversations afterwards, it kind of felt like they were becoming, or at least what Tatara felt like they were becoming, like kind of friends. Masami really quickly reminded them, "We're in a competition. You're my enemy." And at the very end, I felt like, kind of like how usual shonen arcs go. 
they kind of have a respect with each other. And if we do get, probably not, but if we did get another arc or another season, maybe explore that and see how Tatara learned from Masami, who has a mm-hmm. wealth of knowledge for him. Shout out to Masami's partner too, who had freckles and that was very cute. <laughs> the we touched on it uh back early with the animation and the character design i think that was the biggest obstacle for me to get over to get really into it was like the the giraffe necks and mm. like that that defining like shape because every once in a while they cut back to the audience audience normal and then cut to them dancing giraffes and i mean I like, you saw it happen though in the first episode yeah when Sengoku punches Tatara and uses that moment because he's like, he's in shock and everything to immediately form his body the way a dancer's body should be. You see Tatara turn from a normal Joe Schmo in the audience to a dancer because he props him up, straightens his back, and then lifts his head. So you see exactly what it is that makes all the dancers different from anyone else in the room. And it was very cool to see that happen. Now, well, watching it the second time, now knowing how it all turns out. So I'm like, oh, I didn't even notice it before. That's fucking cool that Sengoku legitimately did that in the very first episode. And that explains why he joins the rest of the crowd as giraffe necks. Um, that's, that's funny we're talking about this because, yeah, I was, like I said, I was looking at the discussion threads from, you know, back when it was airing. And that was like a huge complaint for like the first I want to say the whole first arc was people were constantly complaining about the absurd anatomy, like, you know, the necks being crazy stretched and all that sort of stuff. And while watching the show, I really did not, it really did not distract me at all. It was different and like kind of funny in some shots, but I rarely ever thought this is bad or this is, uh, you know, overly distracting. It was just like, oh, wow, look at his neck. And then yeah. next scene. Um, it really like didn't the only time it was ever like truly distracting, I think majority wise would be whenever it's just like action poses at the end or in the middle of a dance and it's like super like zoomed in and like uh like a fisheye lens or whatever and it's just super stretched out neck and you see their arms <laughs> all the way in the background i'm like that's that's yeah. a choice but whatever I'll just go back to the shot where everyone's dancing yeah. please <laughs> yeah if you think about <laughs> just if you think about any dance. of those individual shots too hard and like look at it too closely you're like god damn what is going on here but if you just sort of enjoy the moment, it all sort of works together, I think. Well, um, I guess we can start reaching into our final thoughts. Um, I'll, I'll start. Um, I was surprised I enjoyed. I want to thank Lobo again for pulling me into something that I mentioned before I wouldn't have found, and it's it was fun. Would I recommend it? I I think that would go back to what we talked about in an earlier podcast. This would be a show, like, if I knew someone a little bit more, I would definitely say, you know what, you want to try something different? Here's here's Welcome to the Ballroom. But I'm not going to throw this out to someone who's like, oh, I went to my first anime convention ever this year, and I just subscribed to Crunchyroll this month. I'd be like, oh, maybe watch something else for now. But once someone's more experienced, just because it is so much of a show to, to digest... I think I think yeah, it's good. I like it. Yep, I agree with that. Um, I get like you said, not something I'd recommend to everyone. But if you're if I know you're into anime and you're looking for something different, um, I definitely think this is worth a watch. Like I said, it was a pretty damn good show. I think it could have been like great. Like I would give this show like an eighty, you know, on the on the best arcs. Um, and it could have been a ninety. Personally, like my personal preference had been there'd be more. Uh, emphasis on animation and showing stuff in motion um but even without that i still think it was a really good show um so yeah think thanks to lobo for su- suggesting it because i finally watched sport anime um and <laughs> it was pretty good so yeah good call yeah i uh this is i'm biased because it's one of my favorites it's a 10 out of 10 for me but uh <laughs> i don't I would agree with uh, recommending it to someone knowing what their interest would be. If you're looking for something different and if they like knowing what they like, uh, what animes they've liked in the past, I would choose this to recommend to someone 
based on those credentials, but like for just someone who wants to, you know, just what anime should I start with? Not this one, but if you like dance, <laughs> if you like dance, sure, this one, but no, uh, it's. Do you professionally dance and like anime? If you like it ballroom dancing, like this is for you. <laughs> Very specific. If you like person. all these dancing movies, uh, you know, Hollywood movies and shit like that, sure, Dance with the Stars. Here you go. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this this is something that I will probably like, watch next year. I feel like this is gonna be like one of those yearly animes for me to watch again. Uh. I think my biggest takeaway from watching this again is I fucking love the openings to these this this anime so much that I had to listen to it while I was playing games uh, just to be like you know what let's put this on the anime playlist let's watch let's listen to this every now and cool. then it's it's just my favorite forever. <laughs> All right, so I guess we're going to jump into what we're going to watch next, and I believe it is my choice, since uh, we don't have a, a Mr. Frank Furter here. Um, I want to put this one through just because it keeps popping up on my Netflix, but High Rise Invasion. Hi. Have either of you seen that? I've never heard of it. Let me look it up. Oh, it released this year. Okay. It sounded yeah. vaguely familiar, but I I didn't think I'd heard of it. But yeah, I guess I have seen the title. I just have no idea what it's about. Um, so it's a very unique show. Like I watched the first episode and most of the second, but it seems to be like an isekai battle royale where these people. <laughs> I saw that level. <laughs> um. <laughs> These people are put into uh, high-rises, so they're on top of uh, all the buildings in Tokyo. They're all connected by rope bridges, so that gets you terrified enough. They aren't allowed on the ground level. Usually the first, like the top floor and the second floor, um, are open, and they have to survive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Uh, what's chasing them the whole time are these masked people. Uh, one guy like is just, just a big fat guy with a machete. Another one is like a ballerina dancer with a knife another guy is a sniper and they're all stuck like right out in the open and they gotta get to a helipad that takes one person out of the game so when it starts you don't know how many people are in the game you know the main character that it's her and her brother so far are in the game and they're both trying to escape he's trying to give her information on how to meet up because he it sounds like he's been there longer than she has and then um guy comes up behind her like breaks her phone and she loses all communication then she's got to kind of run for it she's freaking out the whole time that like in order to survive she obviously has to get away from these mass killers 
But the twist is these mass killers don't actually kill. They put you to the point of despair and the their goal is to get the person that they're chasing to commit suicide. So there's gaps on in the fence that's keeping them here or there's items that the person can use and their goal is to like they get their own satisfaction or points by doing this. Mm. So and um it's sort of like a action mystery thriller maybe. Yeah, and uh and then I got into the second episode where like more uh characters are introduced and I'm still I'm still trying to pick up pick it up and so that's kind of where I'm at. It was either that or what did I write down a while ago? I'll make you guys watch Shield Hero. Um no, Dead Man Wonderland was the other one I was looking at. And I haven't seen or heard much about that so that sounds much that was my other what is dead man wonderland oh yeah dead man wonderland is fantastic i see yeah i have heard of dead man wonderland that's like an older show i think yeah yeah 2011 so it all depends like i'm i'm up for both like i'm i'm gonna watch high rise on my own anyway Mm -hmm. but if you guys did not like that terrible description i gave it (laughs) i'm good for dead man wonderland too um look i'm good with either they're both 12 episodes which is pretty nice um so, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm easy. Here, I'll put this out. I'll put this out. What we'll do is we're going to soft choose High Rise Invasion. I'll post a tweet if we change it. Um, if you guys can watch both, like, just watch the first episode. And if you don't jive with the first episode, tell me immediately and we'll just switch to Dead Man. Sure. I can Sounds good. I'll check it out tonight or something. All right. Well, with that, this episode is in the bag, shall we say. I want to thank everyone for joining us today. We appreciate any and all feedback as we are getting it through uh, Twitter and mostly our Discord now. So go to go to Bakako Podcast, or sorry, Bakako, yeah, Bakako Podcast on Twitter. Uh, go to our link tree and hop on our Discord. It's a faster way to get in touch with us. Um, I'm still checking the emails at bakakopodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you next week. Bye. Love you. Bye.